Welcome to 15K Plus Random Movie Reviews, where we take random movies from Metacritic's 15K Plus Movies to randomly watch whether we like it or not. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of 15K Plus Random Movie Reviews. This is Colin. This is Niall. And this is random movie number 12,571, Krull, from 1983. So it's got a meta score of 45 and a user score of 6.3, which probably lends itself to a cult classic. It's got mm-hmm. one hour, 56 minutes runtime, had a budget of 27 to $30 million, which is yeah, a lot. Quite for, surprising, isn't it? And then a box office of 16.9, so... Did a little bit of a, you know, a flop. A flop. Could be a flop. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was Peter Yates's like last dig or attempt at a uh, directing a fantasy movie. He said it was. He actually, I think I was reading up today. It was uh, he hated it so much. He took like a two week or three week break in the middle of shooting this movie, <laughs> and all the special effects guys went and took a three week break as well. So, um, yeah, Peter Yates. He directed Bullet, which is Steve McQueen's, one of Steve McQueen's. And that is a classic. Yeah, top movies. Died in 2011, which is a shame. Um, Stanford Sherman wrote the, the script for this, who whose main claim to fame was Any Which Way We Can, with uh, Orang- yeah. Orangutan and Clint Eastwood. So, it, it, It's a similarly complex script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Direction, orangutan pretends to drive car. Close up of <laughs> hairy foot on the pedal. Right turn, Clive. Yeah. <laughs> um, I read today yeah. that Warner Brothers have got the remake of this and they only recently announced it in autumn of 2023 and J.J. Abrams. Oh, cool. Yeah, J.J. Abrams is going to direct. Well, that's the plan. Wow, okay. Um, why? Uh, I'm not saying that this doesn't need a do-over but to be honest from what i remember as a child versus what i'm looking at now <laughs> it doesn't hold up all that well plot wise well i was just going to wonder how you thought about it after because i don't remember seeing this as a kid or a teenager so oh i, I seen it four or five times when i was like 10 or 12 you know so it doesn't hold up because you can look back at star wars and go oh, that's a, a great movie so th- when you watch this again yeah. you don't think it is it Star Wars is still a good movie. It's well directed. It's got a complex story. It's got nuance. This is two dimensional. Great for a ten year old. Yeah. Whole lot of swashbuckling. Um, but it, a whole lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, Ken, I think you just mentioned swashbuckling. Then Ken Marshall, the actor who played Colwyn, based his sort of mm. character on Errol Flynn. Like oh, he, completely, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, you can tell from when he cuts the rope and swings across. <laughs> Needlessly. <fight>. Needlessly. <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you doing? They're going to stab you up the ass. <laughs> or shoot you up the ass. That was one of the main things I was wor- like, just strangely curious about in this movie. It's like every one of them has swords and the aliens have laser beams. It's like, why don't you steal their guns and start make this a fair fight? Yeah, and they killed quite a few of them. So, you know, pick up their... Pikey sticks of laser death. Yeah. Uh, um, 
the summary is quite quite brief on Metacritic because A twenty four didn't read the summary or write the summary. <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, a prince and a fellowship of companions set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on their home planet, which basically is it in a nutshell. So, yeah, yeah. So um, it uh, it's intro the start of the movie. Lots of fucking trumpets from James Horner. Yeah. To be honest, I, the music itself and the sound effects, I kind of liked it. Um, a bit over the top. Uh, but like in the intro with the, with the space mountain flying through the cosmos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like the sound effects were quite interesting, even though in space you can't hear shit. But. Yeah. <laughs> Looked like a big the, flying log. That's yeah. The, the, it's really let down by Thunderbirds esque special effects. Um, like I, thirty million, I have no idea where the money went on the special effects. I thought, like, I, it, I, in fairness, I thought, like, in general, they made some good. Like a lot of it looks good, a lot of it doesn't. But the sets, the yeah. sets are amazing. Like the oh, the sets are beautiful, and, yeah. and, and the choice of location. Like I, I think they filmed a lot in Italy, um, and then mm, the yeah. choice of mountain scenery, absolutely spectacular. So that piece is fantastic. But but I think Pinewood, I think it was Pinewood Studios uh, at yeah. the time weren't set up for a high special effects, and there wasn't many studios doing stuff like Star Wars. Um, there was just it was just one really uh and to contrast those two side by side it, it it's a it's a tough one yeah it's an, um <laughs> i was kind of laughing at the start because i was just i was totally like it, first of all the intro was very long <laughs> yeah. it just kept on going like it just kept on the names kept on rolling and the intro of the big flying log in space kept on going and the trumpets just kept on blaring space my ears log. out space log to the return <laughs> this time it's a christmas yuletide log now um there was a lot of vocal screaming going on and it kept on getting higher and it just reminded me of the outro of airplane when <laughs> when the voices just scream out of tune at the end it was like totally like that uh, yeah. obviously james horner wrote a lot of great scores i just don't think he was he was learning his learning the ropes here i guess yeah he went a bit too epic. Yeah, and of course, uh, what time? What when did Star Wars come out? Seventy nine. I think it was seventy seven. Oh, I could be wrong here. Uh, this was the same year as um, Revenge or Return of the Jedi or one of them, anyway. Okay. The, um, but this this was a few years after the first. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah, definitely it was Star Wars intro, like the big ship flying oh, yeah. by. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, so we get into it, and we get into the whole, this is Colwyn's castle with his dad there, and we're talking about, right, we have to have this marriage, son. Oh, no, it's a daughter, actually. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, because yeah, Colwyn comes. Space Lisa, whatever you want to call her. Lisa, and straight off the bat, it's totally obvious that her voice is dubbed. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a bit rough, all right. Yeah, so I read and, into and, it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I read into it today, and her voice was dubbed by a woman called Lindsay, Lindsay Krause. <laughs> but um, they wanted an, uh, an American-looking woman. Oh, so they God, used, really? 
Lysette Anthony is the actress for Lysa, and then then he. Why wouldn't they just use her her actual voice? It's like Hercules in New York all over again. Because <laughs> everybody in this one has um has British accents. Yeah, but it's it's you know it, it's Krull. They don't all have to sound British. Unless uh, I that's think how it's, space people sound. I think that's what space people sound like. I think that's that's the general gist of it. You know, Jean-Luc Picard, come on. Yeah, yeah with his French accent. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes, it's Princess Lysa. She's at home in her little castle with her dad. And she and her dad's going, yeah, we have to have this marriage, blah, blah, blah. And she's like all up for it. She loves him and all. She loves Colwyn. And uh, where is he? See, blah, blah, blah. But that kind of annoyed me straight off the bat um, because in you know Star Wars, there's a romance obviously in that, um, but it's not handed on a plate. And this, it's like, oh yeah, we love each other. Like, oh okay, cool. True, you're not going to work for it. Yeah, true. Like it's not like um, the wind and the lion sort of relationship between Sean. Yeah, and you know, yeah. it has to build up and a bit of mistrust and a bit of you know fighting effectively and then a relationship grows there's no relationship growth in this it's just there he is hey we're enough yeah he shows up late and there's a little bit of aggro between the two dads but they're agreeing to the single kingdom against the slayers when did the slayer yeah when did they name it after this movie slayer because they came out pretty quickly after this slayer you never know i never know anyway so they have their marriage where um yeah, something about water and fire, which comes back to, into the. I call it scene. the uh, the Bunsen burner of matrimony. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so water into fire, fire into water. She takes fire. Blah blah blah. Something to do with fire. Remember that for the final scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such a weak ass um, plot device, which will make more sense later on. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Maybe so weird. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, Slayer's attack. They're weird, black-horned. And obviously, he's these space monsters from another galaxy slash, I don't know, system um, turn up on horses. Oh, yeah. Horses are the modus operandi here for moving around. Yeah, Krill. So, so, you know, they, they got there on a flying mountain slash log. And then they're like, oh, horses, we'll ride around on those. Yeah, they have lasers, <laughs> laser sticks. And so, like, where's their mode of transport? <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Uh, uh, but, okay. Uh, they wanted to be a Lord of the Rings type-esque thing. So. I, I'd read somewhere that was that was the original plan. It was going to be more medieval than sci-fi. But they, they kept changing the script and it just got so muddy. <laughs> yeah. For the one thing that really annoyed me, so these Slayers attack, it's, they're actually pretty, they're well shot. Whenever they're on screen, mm. they're kind of shot in an eerie way, and I kind of digged that a little bit. Um, but they come in and they start fighting, and it's just, it's in slow motion. They're moving so slowly. And yeah. Everybody. There's no, there's no um, like, these are space monsters, and surely if they had any chance of winning this, they should be able to jump around the place. And so I think the biggest problem was that their armor was so rigid yeah <laughs> and yeah. The, the actors who were playing them just couldn't jump around the place no they're so like you say okay they they come in on horses and they get off the horses i don't know how they got off the horses with the suits of armor i would do, do what i had to just fall off, <laughs> fall off. <laughs> wait wait one second wait. i need to fall off my horse to get you yeah. all right they're falling off the horses let's get them they can't get up uh 
yeah. in fairness, they also they also were quite easy to kill. Well, yeah, they I, knock I'm them over sure the head. Like Fifty lads with crossbows would have ended the whole thing. Yeah, some some long range weapons wouldn't go amiss, but they have just all they have is swords and stuff. But like, I like the way when they die, like their little creature. Yeah. I, I actually thought that was quite well animated. Well, it's 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 practical effects, but yeah, it's practical. It's quite well done. Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, it's a little bit of sound effect, but it didn't really add anything to it because it didn't really come into like there was no threat anymore. Like in one scene, one of the little critters goes down a hole, Burrows and goes away. Yeah, and it's like okay, so I, why? I, yeah, again, you could have dug into that and developed a little bit of lore and a bit of mythology around that and made that interesting but... yeah like tremors like they become oh, yeah. space tremors yeah <laughs> krull space tremors too i'd watch the shit out of that yeah well I'll just watch tremors then <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so anyway the slow motion aspect of it isn't actually it's not meant to be in slow motion it's just slow and it doesn't add any urgency or frantic pace to the thing it's just like it's literally if you watch the scene uh, Colwyn is just swinging his sword in slow motion. It's just so bizarre. Yeah. And every now and then, pff, swinging on a rope. <laughs> yeah, he, this is this Errol Flynn moment where he hops up. There's like 50 people dying around him. He says, okay, I think I should just swing across maybe two meters and fall <laughs> onto somebody. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, both their dads die in the in the melee. Princess gets, gets uh, kidnapped. The princess is in another castle. That sort of, you know, yeah, that sort of yeah. thing gets sent away to the fortress. That's what it's called, right? The fortress, the, the the dark fortress or the black fortress or something to that effect. To be married to the beastie. Yeah, yeah. I like so, like, yeah. There's a lot of Slayer cinematography that I liked. It was quite dark and menacing. But mm. once they got off the horses, it was pretty crap. They're pretty yeah. old. Yeah. yeah, they spent too much money on making stiff armor, and then like, oh crap, uh, fight scene. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, our, our protagonist, Colwyn, gets injured, uh, doesn't die, wakes up to a, to the seer. The old no, man. no, he wasn't the seer. Oh, the he old was, man, he was, sorry. He was the old man, a.k.a. Um, budget um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Budget, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I thought. He's Obi-Wan. He knows everything. Um, yeah. We see him actually earlier on in the scene when he watches all the slayers right by on horses and he just oh, stares those lads are up to no good yeah he turns around looks past the camera and we linger on his face like for longer than we should it's just kind of <laughs> weird um so yes yeah, so he applies some uh, i think it's mary rose sauce to uh Colwyn's wounds which fixed him right up i thought it was tiger bomb <laughs> anyway one of those yeah he mentions all right she's taken away to the beast in the fortress so you're gonna have to go but you might need to get the glaive oh yes the glaive which so is actually a glaive so go and get the glaive and so then they stay right to a big massive mountain and i there must be a two-minute montage of him just him climbing up rocks to massive horn section from james horner and it's so long <laughs> is james horner um yeah, like impressive climbing, but not very useful to the movie. Um, so long. Yeah, yeah. You know, the they, thing... They, they'd paid a rock climber to do some impressive climbing, and they were getting their damn money. Oh, they had the budget, so... Yeah. So, but, you know, the weird thing is, like, right, three minutes of rock climbing, and then he just dips his hand into lava and gets the glaive. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> don't mind me. I don't need a little bit of lava. I thought there might be like a beast or something, or like a critter in there. He had to, to, he had to fight or something, but nothing. No. 
Hand on the lava, then dander down the mountain. Uh, only to be told, now nah, you can't use it yet. Yeah, don't bother using it until you know you're going to. You, you have to use it. Um, how many lives would, would yeah. that advice have saved if he did? If it wasn't given, well, Robbie Coltrane popped his clog, so you know he should have. Oh, that's so disturbing. Robbie Coltrane's voice was dubbed too. Knowingly, he's not. A, he's not a wizard. No, but Robbie Coltrane's voice was dubbed by Michael Elphick. You know who that is? He wasn't. Is? No, played Boone. Remember that TV detective? Why was his voice? Dubbed with Boone's voice. Because he was Scottish. You can't have a Scottish accent. Oh, why not? Because everything's in British accent, English accent. Yeah, but that's the thing. As you said, British accent. Like, it's not that far away. He's not like he's from Massachusetts. Well, they could have went up to Robbie in the first morning and go, Oh, yo, can you do an English, like, Somerset accent? Pretty sure he can. Yeah, I'm sure he bloody could. He did one for a Cracker, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you just toned down the Scott way down. Yeah, turned it like, down. That worked quite well. And I think Liam Neeson was also dubbed, was he? Or was that? No, I think he was. That was his accent. I can remember that. I can pick that one out from a bloody lineup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, I didn't. I don't remember Liam Neeson being in it when I was 10 or 11, but. No, it was his breakout role. Was it? I thought that was uh, Excalibur. I don't know. When, what year was that? Probably must have been after this one. Question. Um, I don't know. Uh, I do remember re-watching Excalibur. Because, again, there was another movie I thought was fantastic as a kid. And I actually quite liked it. And I made my wife watch it. And she thought it was the worst piece of crap she'd ever seen in her life. So, <laughs> All these movies you thought were great when you were a kid. I still stand by Excalibur. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so during the movie, we get to we get to see certain scenes of the princess in this surreal surrounding of like being inside an eye or some just sort of. Hate it's, it's very Geiger esque. Yeah, like, uh, exactly what it's going to Very alien. Say. Yeah, when I looked. I thought maybe there was L- low budget Geiger. <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe there was some sort of Hatro Geiger sort of production house involved, but now. Um, yeah, but like it's it's creepy. It's, it's, it's I thought it's pretty creepy the way she. The- I, I think I, to, to be honest, that if I didn't know how much was spent on it, I would have said that actually the, the, the scenes were quite good. Like the the the, the, the design of it was quite effective. But thirty million, maybe expect a little bit more of it being a bit creepier. But then the age it was based on possibly couldn't get as geigery. Yeah. So yeah, we see that, and we go back to her during the movie, and she's in this sort of creepy uh, Geiger-esque place, and that's fine, and the, the beast talks to her and says, you're going to be my wife. <laughs> it was like that scene from uh, League of Gentlemen. League of Gentlemen, <laughs> you're my you're wife, my wife now. now. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, next scene is where they meet Coltrane, Neeson, and all as robbers, Lads. highway robbers. Oh, you're forgetting the sorcerer. He was neat. Oh, just like 10 seconds before. And, uh, ergo, yeah. Er- ergo, the sorcerer. He's like, oh, I'm a ghost now. Uh, yeah, yes. He's terrible. 15 seconds. 15 seconds later, I see a scene directly from the Yeast Lords. Oh, yeah. Cyclops there. Cyclops. Cyclops there. Yeah. Cyclops. Uh, um, yeah. Um, and he just pops his head up and he's gone again. Yeah, he's a you know the he, the guy that plays the Cyclops, um, Bernard Breslau. He's 
He's the big dude that was in all those Carry On movies. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Yeah, he's less funny in this. (laughs) But a memorable character. It's quite uh, quite a decent look to him, quite a decent Cyclops look to him. Uh, And there's a genuinely interesting relationship between himself and Ergo. Uh, Basically the only interesting relationship in the whole movie. Yeah, they um yeah, how do they they're sort of kind of buddies but yeah. not but a fleeting buddy relationship. Yeah, they have a few words together and seem to be on the same eye level. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, so they meet the robbers and they go, "Hey, give us your money." And it's like, "No, we're on a we're on a mission here. You want to uh, join Alan, us?" I'm um, Armstrong, Robbie Coltrane, Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, yeah, we're robbers. Uh, yeah, we'll join you. Okay. <laughs> off we go. We have our merry men, and let's let's head off. And then so they're like going, all right, let's go and see the, the old seer. Mm. Who, this is um, played by John Welsh. This was his last movie, actually. Oh, really? He popped his clog soon after. Yeah. Didn't well, see that one coming. Point. Hey, hey. <laughs> That's because uh, Saruman broke his seeing stone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they go and see him, and they try to see into this green gem thing, and the beast's claw crushes. It's quite a good scene. Uh, it is. Damn you, Saruman. <laughs> um, Sorry, Sauron. Right, so yeah, they're going through a swamp then, and slayers appear out of the uh, swampy mist, which is quite a good eerie scene. Yeah, actually, especially the piece where they're coming out of the, the, the lake, yeah. just raising straight up. Yeah, that's pretty it's, it's, cool. it's well It's well done. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Coltrane's reaction and during the middle of the fight like, it was terrible it just stood out for me it was so stupid you remember that? <laughs> yeah he kind of does something and he looks and he goes it's like oh good job me or something it's just yeah, so stupid cheesy. yeah but it's pretty cool the way the Slayers die and that was, that was that kind of here, I write down here Cyclops fixes everything because Cyclops is. he just said uh, always appears at the right time and saves somebody's life. Because he's already saved Ergo's life once already, I think, um, in a forest, randomly. He just pops up, kills a slayer, and then disappears again. Oh, and every yeah, now and yeah. then, he pops up, kills some guy, and then disappears again. So this, this swamp scene, he does it spectacularly again. Um, and he seems to be the solution to a lot of their problems. Yeah, he's um, he's a strong character, and kind of becomes part of the crew but kind of is on the outsides of it on the fringes of it as a sort of a superhero type character type plot device yeah. who comes back to help them in the final furlong later oh yes actually the bit where he saves them is uh, the seer gets done in by a yeah. changeling who looks exactly like, now this was a creepy scene i, I found yeah it was um, really well done but i didn't really know what's going on black first. eyes i didn't know what's going ah, on okay. first i had no clue yeah yeah so there's a there's two seers yeah one turns up his eyes actually open and they're black black uh and he does in the um the old seer chucks him in quicksand and Cyclops is dandering behind the lads from a distance and he sees the seer's uh, old decaying corpse. Yeah. And he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> and legs it. <laughs> yeah. 
Although, like we have to mention, that quicksand scene was actually probably the, one of the most oh, anxiety-inducing yeah, yeah, scenes yeah, yeah. of the thing. The, the, I read that they made that quicksand with a bunch of corks floating on water, and that's pretty. It's really well done. I thought that was a good, probably the best scene in the movie, to be honest with you, because it's kind of stressful and it brings up the uh, blood pressure a bit. And it does a bit, and you don't know who's going to die. I, I like the guy who, who who goes under. He he, he throws his bag of whatever the hell it is yeah. first before saving his own life, which not a great move. No, no, no. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Yeah. The quicksand scene, then yeah, the seer versus seer thing. And yeah, they, the Cyclops comes and throws his trident type thing and kills the evil seer. They don't have any seers anymore. Yeah. It's a bit of a problem. Um, yeah. Cyclops for the win. Now I have to mention, Ergo turns into an extremely cute doggo. <sighs> I love the dog. You're probably going to complain about it being too cutesy. Uh, it was fine. I just don't know why it happened. Oh, and the boy never seen the dog, or he wanted a dog. Oh, I didn't catch that bit. So he does. He says, he says it earlier on. I think all I want in life is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I probably erased that from my memory as being a stupid line of script. It was a particularly stupid line, but yeah. I did like the dog. Yeah, and um, the changeling that was good is really good. Well done. Um, before he, yeah, before the wizard turns into the dog, then they're going to the widow of the web, which is you know another you know stage of his uh, stage ex girlfriend. What? Oh yeah, the, <laughs> yeah the old guy's ex girlfriend. Um, yeah, it's just another sort of plot line, plot point through the uh, script to to get to before the final scene, which doesn't really last that long, the final scene, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, this whole spider thing and, and the widow of the web. Yeah. I, it, it felt like filler to me. Um, I, like some of the special effects at the time were actually quite good. And they did the spider and it is, I guess, like stopgap animation. It's very well done um, for its time. Yeah, it was but okay. I didn't really feel the effect of this scene. Like you know, this is where Obi Wan basically sacrifices his life to get information uh, as to where the tower is going to be the next day. Yeah, and and, it, well, it, it, it's not impactful for me. It's not like Obi Wan dying fighting um, Darth Vader. No, it's probably because the old man really—I don't know—he didn't really, we didn't really get to know who he was or anything apart from the woman in the web going you know the widow of the web not like talking to him like they knew each other blah 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 but we don't really know him from other from the other dialogues so therefore his sort of sacrifice didn't really mean a lot to me and, and there's a lot of that in this movie to be honest like yeah. um, characters dying and me and i'm assuming you not caring because there's no development of some of them yeah. There's very little development, even the main characters. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, well, they could, they could have like, they could have got rid of a couple of scenes to develop the more, you know, discussions and conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do complain about exposition being in movies too much, but this just completely just didn't bother with any of that. It just goes into scene after scene, set piece after set piece, without really getting into the background of stuff. Yeah. Well, when this web thing is going on. The uh, the boys are have s- s- magically got these women serving them food. <laughs> oh yeah, It'd be something to do with Liam Neeson's wife or something. Um, and they just magically appear. Yeah, uh, 
So at the same yeah. time, um, Princess Lysa is up with the beast, and the beast is going, "Oh, look at your, look at your prince. He's with that lady down there." And then he's going to get jiggy with her. Yeah, uh, he's she's like going, "No, that's not what's happening." And then she's another changeling, and so that happens. Yeah, that did happen. Oh, you know what was funny when just going back to when the Cyclops, the Cyclops, um, Cyclops there, the Cyclops threw the trident and killed the changeling. Why? If you look back in the movie, he's he's trying to pick it up, and he's yeah, the actor was obviously blind in the thing, so he kind of like has oh. to feel for it. <laughs> I, I missed that completely, but it would make perfect sense because he's got no eye holes. No, and obviously the Cyclops eye is just painted on yeah it was maybe i I, maybe i just imagined it but i thought it was quite funny that he was like what you want me to pick up something i can't see in the script what the fuck's wrong with you people (laughs) probably when the director was away on holiday was like all right let's get on with it (laughs) that that feels about right yeah so anyway the old man the old man is basically grabbed the sands of time because the, the the widow of the web said well listen you can make it out of here if you you know, hold this, but when you let go of all the sands of time, you're a dead boy. You're, you're, you're brown, man. You're yeah. gone. So he makes it out, and it's whatever. It's is it is it a stressful scene? No, it's not as stressful as the quicksand scene. No, not even close. The spider sound effects was weird too. It kind of annoyed me. It's kind of like the Minecraft noises, like yeah. Minecraft noises, Minecraft spider yeah. noises. Uh, so anyway, which is kind of annoying considering the amount of money they'd obviously spent on the spider. <laughs> yeah. And then not to spend the time getting proper sound to go with the spider itself. Twenty-five million of the thirty <laughs> yeah. million budget. Twelve pound on the sound. <laughs> um, all right. Somebody then says, "All right, uh, yeah." She basically says, "Yeah, this is where the fortress is. It's going to be there tomorrow. You have to get there before it pisses off again because it's a magical disappearing." fortress obviously it is because that's what fortresses do yeah so i don't know i can't remember which character says yeah we have to f- get the fire mares or what do you call them uh, i wrote down fire horses or clivesdale clivedales like that i went but i said budweiser horses <laughs> <laughs> on fire on fire again like you know you know it, it's it's not it, i suppose it's kind of nearly christmas so it kind of makes sense you stick a sleigh in the end of it and stick on a red hat yeah. um yeah, daft this bit. Um, yeah. yeah, it was like, they were going supersonic, effectively. Like, <laughs> well, it was just the whole wrangling of them. Just that set, like, and I read in the production that took forever. They had to, they shipped those horses all over, all across Europe by boat and truck to Italy from England to Italy, and that must have taken them a lot of their budget too. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind, but it, it's up in, like, it's not the Alps, but it's one another, another mountain range. I, can't, I wrote it down somewhere. I can't see it now. But it's not easy to get up there with a shed load of horses. Yeah, especially those ones. Anyway, yeah. just like, it was a bunch of, it took forever for them to wrangle them. Obviously, that's, yeah, they kind of have to. But again, all right, fine. Uh, they leave behind the Cyclops. It's like, you know, um, they wrangle oh, them yeah. up. He says, it, it's my time. Yeah. I'm going to die here because that's what I do. Each to its It's very painful. Each to each its fate. fate. Yeah. Which, you know, could could have been a cinema history line if the movie was any good. But, you know, it's, it's met its own fate, that line, basically. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, so they wrangled the horses. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought the faraway scenes of the fire horses were quite good. Quite when, they were, when, when they're running in a line, it looks great, but up close, dear God. Oh, yeah, it's green screen all the way, and it's terrible. Yeah, and there's, yeah. This is the pine wood screen of some lad sitting on a, a wooden horse, effectively. Yeah, and they've got like some blokes down below like holding up flames, probably torches to... I think it's actually two different um, scenes. That, I think they're that, layered. Superimposed of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it looks it, you know, because if the flames are that close to you, you, you kind of hurt. The entire movie has situations where if the flames are that close to you, you're in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, the faraway scenes when the, the, the scenery is in darkness and they have this line of fire, you can barely see the horses. I thought that was quite good. Then they yeah. do like a whole bloody... Christmas vacation, you know, Santa sleigh across the sky. Like it, it goes on a bit. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down Rudolph here. Um, yeah, it goes on a bit long. Um, like every scene, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so they show up on the fire horses. Uh, and we're at the tower. Yay. Yeah. So they start climbing up, and the doors start opening slowly. Oh, here come the bad lads. The bad lads. The slayers are like. Holding laser up. sticks yeah they're they're, <laughs> they're aiming their laser sticks quite slowly up to their eyes to aim <laughs> just like everything else they do yeah and then of course cyclops said nah i'm not gonna die yet. cyclops fixes everything he says screw fate i i never believed in it anyway and yeah. comes dandering along on his rudolph horse and yeah. he's he's a saver. saves today fixes yeah. everything well coltrane dies says yeah, something well, oh he says finish he it yeah. Just like saving Private Ryan again. Kind of. D- nearly as poignant. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. So they, they're like, all right, I got up to the door. The door's closing, blah, 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 because the mountain's about to disappear again. So Cyclops, again, saves the day and holds the door open. Hold the door. Hold door. Hold door. Hold door. Yeah, and he gets nice and smushed for his uh, efforts. Yeah, but he doesn't, like, scream or cry out in pain or anything which would have added a bit more you know emotion to the to the scene it's just silence i, I think they were i think they were trying to keep this pg and it, it kind of takes some of the edge out of it unfortunately because that that should have been a a painful death and, a, and something that hurts because of what he said earlier because if he, he said you know if he abandons his fate then he will experience a pain worse than anything and and he just goes eh. <laughs> yeah yeah well then, Mister Liam Neeson dies as well in the corridors of the fortress. And another dead Jedi, first yeah. budget Obi now himself. He didn't get to say his line that was cut out of it. You have my princess. <laughs> I will find her and I will kill you. No, no. Yeah, he's he's, he's kind of a nothing character in this as well. There's yeah. no impact in his death. Same as most of them. Yeah. Yeah, I kept on saying to myself, why don't they just pick up laser sticks and start fighting back where it's, you know, it's even Steven. Anyway, for some reason, the corridor splits in half and <laughs> they get split up. Uh, the wizard turns into a tiger. And the... Yeah, why didn't he start with this? Yeah, why don't you just change into a tiger and just constantly... Just stay as a tiger for ages yeah. uh, and, and kill all the bad guys. Again, the... Um... Slayers show themselves to be so fucking slow. It's so ridiculous. I, I did write down at least at the start of this anyway. At least the slayers were substantially better shots than, say, your average stormtrooper. 
True, I guess. They, they actually got some kills. Yeah, but Stormtroopers run. <laughs> yeah, they're faster, but crap. Yeah. Anyway, it's glaive time. Yeah, and I write down here, like, why, why, oh, why has the glaive not been the whole way through this? Because it's awesome. Yeah. And the first thing he does is use it as an angle grinder. <laughs> yeah. Need in that door there. Choppy, choppy. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, I must go alone now, he says to the uh, other, to the, to, um, what's it, but, um, Torkel, Alan Armstrong. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't be like going, hang on a sec, we don't split up now. I just lost all my Pretty people. God damn it. You're going to send me off here to die? Yeah. Thanks. So he uses the, he throws the glaive and it's like working away at grinding away at the princess's windows, for want of a better <laughs> not, word. Not a euphemism. <laughs> no. And, um, yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's angle grading away, and then the other the other group fall through a wall in the other scene, straight into sort of a Star Wars sort of trash compactor scene, but with yeah, spikes this time. So. Yeah, so they're stuck in there. One of them dies. Uh, we go back to the boomerang demolition. Uh, <laughs> kind of, I think it gets through. Then, and then he throws it and kills yeah, he chops more. chops the door down. And, yeah, he um, kills some more slayers, and then we see the beasts. In. Yeah, listen, the bits where he's killing the slayers with the glaives, awesome. Yeah, it's great. Just do it all the way and you'll be fine. You'll be yeah. home dry. But uh, the beast is sort of there in the distance and vague, misty, sort of non Yeah, and his detail. size is kind of confusing. It's very confusing. Because <laughs> in some scenes, he's like, what, a couple hundred feet high, and then in other scenes, he goes up to pick up the glaive, and yeah. he's about man-sized. Yeah. It's so a bit... Ah, well, he's magic, so he's got all his power. So Princess is going, hey, we need to get out of here. He's powerful in the center. And so he throws the glaive at the beast, and it sticks in his chest, and then the beast screams and falls to the ground, and obviously Colwyn wants to get his glaive back, his spiky boomerang. So I I would too. It's awesome. But obviously he, he can't get it out of there. It's embedded in there so obviously just like Wedged. a yeah, classic movie trope he goes to get it and the beast arises no he's not dead he didn't double tap no should have went in with the sword and stuck in the guy's head yeah but um he's uh, going or the princess is going alright let's get the hell out of here let's whatever Tag it. Yeah, yeah place is coming down or whatever but the um the beast uh they have to confront the beast the beast again and then, and then his wife to be says, "It was never the glaive. It was always you." And then he goes, "No, it was both of us." Give me your fire, there, love. <laughs> Give us a light. Give us a light. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly, his his arm turns into a flamethrower, which is awesome. <laughs> but what? Uh, yeah, I said flamethrower hand exclamation point. Yeah, uh, I, I wrote, well, I wrote down fire me arse, but. <laughs> Yeah, slash makes sense. Um, so that this is back to the weird plot device of instead of exchanging yeah. rings, uh, they exchange flamethrower hands at the very start of the movie yeah. and the Bunsen of matrimony. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, a perfect plot comes around and finishes makes, it off. It's just perfect circle, yeah. Now here's the deal. So like when, I was, when I'm thinking about it, so he's flamethrowing the beast and the beast goes down, he's dead, fine, whatever. Um, yeah. That's the end of the movie kind of but um it's basically love beats evil you know tr- classic trope but also the beast no flame hands beats everything <laughs> yes like 
It's like rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> the glaive wins most things, and Cyclops wins most things, but Flame Hand, I'm sorry. That's just yeah. a win. Glaive, Cyclops, Flame Throw. Flame hands. Hand. <laughs> yeah. Let's make the rules for that and create a billion dollar game. Um, but anyway, at the, at the end of the day, the beast is kind of an incel. He's jealous of um, marriage, he's jealous of the partnerships. He's not married, he's single. He's a single beast. <laughs> and he's like he's in a fortress of solitude he's just got these weird insect friends around him uh, and that's all he's got yeah he doesn't have any she should have shown him some love and now maybe he could have fixed the problem without all the killing well he's like all through the movie he's pontificating at her what marriage and love is he hasn't got a clue he's been alone in his disappearing log cabin for the entire <laughs> for the entire movie and he doesn't have yeah. any clue how, how the love works or how partnership works. So then he says that's why he basically came to Earth to find. And one know love. what love is. He <laughs> didn't go to Earth. He went to Kroll. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, Earth light or whatever it's called. Yeah. Kroll. Reindeer horses. Actually, there was they. They said that the they didn't actually really like the name of Kroll for the movie, so they got all the staff together to vote, and Kroll still won. <laughs> Christ. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're leaving, and the whole fortress is falling apart, and they run along a bridge like Scooby Doo gang. <laughs> remember that? Bit? I did have a good chuckle in that. Oh, actually, on, on the there was a previous scene on on the bridge. Uh, the lads were Scooby Dooing across the other direction, and one guy gets killed. Oh yeah, from yeah one yeah. random shot. Yeah, and it goes, and he falls off the side going. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. When... I wet myself. It was amazing. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the uh, the Wilhelm scream, but it wasn't. No, it's just the. Uh... Actually, I think they they reused screams or something from another movie. I read that today, and I can't remember the movie they used. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because screams are expensive. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the the bloody fortress. They make it out onto a beautiful grass meadow, and the bloody fortress takes maybe five minutes for it to explode into Sod pieces off. yeah it's just yeah you know what i thought the voiceover at the end was quite ominous because it said um they were have a son and the sun, sun shall, shall rule, rule the, galaxy. the galaxy yeah it's like okay uh, so is he gonna be darth vader and this is he gonna be that's like... right i wrote down is he little baby palpatine yeah. slash or a yeast lord just saying <laughs> you get over my money's lord on for... yeast lord i will never cyclopses and ruling the galaxy goddamn yeast lord it's probably where they so got QED, the, baby. That's it. It's probably it's where fact. they. It's probably where they got the idea from because it's become a cult classic. This movie, which I've never, yeah. I I haven't gotten bored that. I realized that Andrew, our listener in Australia, put this in his top ten. I don't know when he last watched this movie, but I'm sure he's not going to be too happy with our scores at the end of this. But I probably can s- not. I can. I, I can see how it's cult. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It, it was to me. Uh, until watching it again and, and i still have a special place for it in my heart um in your it's neck. like ferris bueller's day off it's not nearly as good watching it now but still you know it, it's well, i like watching it even though i know it's kind of crap yeah well i remember watching jason on the argonauts when i was a kid you know with the oh, yeah, animatronic yeah, yeah. animated Fantastic, skeletons yeah. i haven't watched it in many years many, many oh it'd be years. just just as bad as this was to me i in, bet in it the would rewatch be. yeah i yeah. bet it would be but back then it was amazing and this 
for all its failures, would have looked amazing back in 1983. And I still think... Oh, it did. Trust yeah, me, it did. I think a lot of scenes in this still look good. I think the, the production is quite good with what it did in the, in the day. And I think yeah. the sets, especially the fortress interior sets, are very... Um, very the scary. design room is very good. Like yeah. uh, it was, uh, I remember it being sort of a, a really creepy sort of like, especially the beast sort of sniffing around in the background and the whole Skyger esque suit <laughs> sniffing around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's the, that's the end of the plot. It's over. They they are um, yeah they're walking along the meadow. Away. Yeah, yeah, they're walking along the meadow. Some of the good guys got away. I'm guessing that could have like the best if they did well, then the sun would have been the sequel, you know, but it didn't do well. Which is a shame. Because I really wanted to see the Yeast Lord as a movie. <laughs> well, watch bloody whatever the movie's called again. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I, I. <laughs> forgot. Napoleon Dynamite other movie. <laughs> oh so um yeah, I I wanted us to talk about it because I didn't do my scores because I just wanted to go through there. So I'm just going to put my scores in now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So I'm going to give 1.5 for the plot. I... Yeah, it's, it's very weak and it doesn't explain yeah. a lot of stuff and things just pop up and they're just there because they're there. Uh, I give it 1.25. It, it's weak sauce. It really is. Yeah, and you know, it's a cult movie is a cult movie for a reason. The general public probably will hate your cult movie while you love it for its in, yeah. for its weirdness and its failures and its weaknesses. But all sometimes all, the failures are part of the the magic mixture. Yeah, uh, I don't think the acting's too good either. I think the the main characters one of them is dubbed so that's that ruins a lot of it yeah um, ken marshall plays call when he didn't do anything else he never fronted a movie ever again yeah he wasn't he wasn't spectacular um, yeah. i i liked alwyn what's his face um the head of the thieves i thought he was decent enough alan armstrong yeah that's that guy yeah, yeah he was yeah, decent yeah. enough yeah um anybody that's else about it. <laughs> that's about it yeah yeah, listen, that that's pretty much it. It, it, it. And ergo, I wanted to like him, but no, he was kind of no, no. You know, he's um, he's Charlie's teacher in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Was he? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and Lisette Anthony was in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Do you haven't seen that? Leslie Nielsen. I've watched every Leslie Nielsen movie, <laughs> and, but she also, she also she, Lisette Anthony was also in probably a couple of hundred of Hollyoaks episodes too. So, that's that's not a good claim to fame. No, no, but at least she got some solid income, you know. She did. She did. Yeah, <laughs> the career didn't end after this. Yeah, I gave the acting one point five. It just wasn't good. I I give it one point five as well. I I watched this with my wife. She tried to convince me to bring it up to two, but um, oh, on on second discussion, like I've got my scores and her scores down here. She agreed in the plot. She put down two for acting, but I'm I, I'm overriding that because it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Soundtrack really. Every scene seemed to have a soaring soundtrack. Like somebody could have been licking a stamp on an envelope, and James Horner would have like. <laughs> 
put a soaring, up to 11, yeah. soaring crescendo of horns and violins and he would have but like listen james horner has done titanic apollo 13 field of dreams aliens cocoon commando he's useless is what you're trying to say yeah he's terrible he died actually i didn't realize he died when? died in 2015 i did not know that no no it's... He, he's obviously he's produced some amazing soundtracks uh like like aliens yeah i guess so much in that that just sticks in my head as, yeah. as just amazing um this isn't that, but uh, this is his early work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fair play to him, but this is not good. I gave 1.5 as well for the soundtrack. Uh, I have 2.5. Um, uh, there, there are some scenes in I quite like the, the music. Uh, you are absolutely right. He, he doesn't turn it down at any point. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, not everything is epic. No. Um, but I'm sticking with me because I thought... The scenes that deserve it were well scored. Sure. So um, production is will be the highest one I give. I gave a 2.75. I thought for a 1983 movie, I think it's above average. Obviously, uh, things have aged, but I think they shot things very smartly. I thought the production was, the, the set design was really good. Uh, but I cannot forgive the fight sequences that look <laughs> like they're doing it in slow motion, but they're not. It's bad. I, I had originally written down three, but as we talked about it, I knocked it back to 2.5. Um, mostly around, two, well, two things. The, the, the fire on his hand, which really annoyed <laughs> the crap out of me. The Good at a barbecue. Horses. Oh, very handy. Yeah. Char grill, everything. And yeah. then the Cyclops, um, his, his eye not really moving or <laughs> focusing on anything just wrecks my head. <laughs> Struggling to pick up his trident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stick with 2 by 5 Yeah. Not, that's not the worst movie ever made. No. Like, it didn't annoy me. I... I I kind of looked at my watch a couple of times because it is one hour and 56 minutes and it really, I don't know, if they cut it down to one hour 30 and or use that one hour 56 to actually make us care about the characters, I think we'd be, we'd be looking but that's at something it. I, I, I think that would have made a much better movie. Chop a few, get rid of the bloody spider web scene. That's just meh. Um, stick some exposition in there. Explain why people are doing stuff. Build a romance or a relationship between the characters. And then make us care when they die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Coltrane dies, Liam Neeson dies, the seer dies. Yeah. The old man uh, dies. I, I cared very little about any of them. No, didn't really care. And then there was the boy who I just forgot he was there most of the time. Like he could have died and we would have been like, eh. <laughs> yeah. He's had a good life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For some reason, the tiger, we cut back to the tiger at the end and it's like a bloody paw. It's like, when did you get injured? Missed that scene cut. Yeah. Um, David Anson in Newsweek gave it 30 out of 100 back in 1983. He said, The under the tone deaf direction of Peter Yates, Krull manages to be both lavishly overdone and bizarrely half baked. I, I agree with his sentiment. I think he's a bit harsh though in the, the score, but yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's amazingly overly lavish in some scenes. And then some of it feels a bit, eh. Yeah, I'll just give one at the bottom again, because there's only like nine reviews on Metacritic. Uh, Ian Nathan from Empire Magazine gave it 40 out of 100. He said, uh, one of the dreariest outer space swashbucklers of all time. 
The highest mm. rating is Nick Shager in the AV Club. He gave it sixty-seven out of a hundred. He said, "If it's all, if it's all more than a bit silly, not to mention derivative, Krull manages to cast a fantastical spell courtesy of Peter Yates' direction." So he saw something there that we didn't. Maybe a. 10, 11 year old me scene as well. Uh, if you can get past the lack of plot, it's actually a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's stick a glaive in Krull and say we're done. All right. One last thing. Oh. Another annoyance. A glaive is a sword on the end of a bloody two meter stick. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's not a bloody glaive. That's, that's a spiky boomerang. Is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm sure we could come up with a different name for it, incorporating boomerang and spikes. Spikerang? Spikerang. Oh, there you go. There you go. Perfect. But it's not as short as a um, glaive. Mm. Glaive sounds more mysterious, not spiky boomerang. Yeah. Go forward and get the spiky boomerang of destiny. Sprang? Sprang. Nice. Spring has sprung with a sprang. Okay. All right. Cool. So um, we are going to uh, randomize for the next movie. And yeah, let's just do that right now and see what we get. We've had high numbers the last few weeks and we are getting it again. Oh, Why is it constantly? Random. Why Damn you, it, randomness. It's constantly just sticking up at the high numbers. 13,360. Oh, blimey. Like, I don't understand. Like, this... I might have to change this app and just see if any other app gives us... Well, it is random, though, but, so, but you know, it's sort of weird. Okay, well, this is random and weird, but movie number 13,368 is bizarrely dumb and dumber. I don't understand. It's got a... So Dumb and Dumber, the first one, not Dumb and Dumber, which I, is awful. When I saw the thumbnail, I thought it was Dumb and Dumber. Or, or, but it's Dumb and Dumber. It's the 1994. See, that, 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 why is it down 13,000 and some? I don't know. It and, should be up in the top five. And even the, even the user score is not high either. So it's Metascore of 41 and a user score of 6.0. Like I, this what? was this was the first movie that I kind of nearly died laughing at <laughs> when I was a teenager. So I haven't watched it in nearly ten years, but it's a, one of the movies that I constantly quote when I meet somebody who loves it as well. And yeah, I can't see this of having aged badly in the last ten years. I don't think so. I can't wait to watch it and actually really review it. I think Dumb and Dumber is probably in my top 20 movies of all time. I, I, I think Top 100 there. anyway. Um, it is a great movie and it's it's stupid, but it's wonderfully stupid. I just can't believe it's that. Like I really thought when I saw the thumbnail that it was going to be the sequel or the, the latest one or the one with the um, younger. Like there's Dumb and Dumber 2, T-O-O, which is with them. But there's yeah, Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber, which, which I've the I've, young ones. I've, I've seen. I haven't seen the Dumb and Dumber two, but I have seen the young ones, which is awful. Yeah, I didn't want to watch Dumb and Dumber two. I just wanted to remember nice. Dumb and Dumber as what it was. Yeah. Um, well, this is a crazy. This is crazy. I don't know why. Happy days. I'm not I'm very don't, happy. Don't, don't, look, don't look a gift horse. Don't look a gift number in the match. It, it's ridiculous that it's so low. 
but it's also awesome. Yeah, it's great. And this is maybe the unit, the randomness gods have so- suddenly smiled at us coming up towards the end of this, the calendar you're going here. Take this. It's a high number, but this is what it's Merry like. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Well, here's the thing. Like every week we'd pull a random number. The um, movies are added to Metacritic. So if we did this number last week, it wouldn't have been Dumb and Dumber because it would have been pushed around. So since we since we pulled the number last week, 20 movies have been added to Metacritic. So I obviously update the, the movie numbers. And so, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> one of my favorite movies well, of all. Well, not one of on, my. On, unlike the Cyclops, we won't um, laugh in the face of fate. We'll embrace our fate and review this one next. <laughs> That's what this whole project is about. This whole concept is about embracing the bad, the good, the coincidences, and. Weird and uh, weirdness. And there's, a, and there's a lot of bad, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bad. But we've come across some good bads. Yeah. Yeah. All right, great. That is the end of episode 36. We will see you in a much anticipated episode 37, where we'll review Dumb and Dumber and analyze it for its dumbness. Bye bye. Cheerio. Cheerio.